And now, here's your host, Dana Rodriguez. Thank you very much, Joanne, and welcome, everybody, to this rainy Saturday morning. It's the perfect time to stay in and listen to Minds Over Matter. Uh, we are an audience participation quiz program. So, of course, what we're looking for is your participation. We hope you will join us. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that's area code 415 415- Eight four one four one three four, or toll free. Yes, we have a toll free number eight six six seven nine eight eight two five five. Again, that is eight six six seven nine eight eight two five five. We'll be covering up many, many, many subjects uh, minus uh, sports and rock and roll. But other than that, the field is very much open. I also want to remind you of our email address because it may become important if you're interested in getting. Uh, an email into the show uh, over the course of the hour, and that is mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. So that is M-I-N-D-S-O-V-E-R-M-A-T-T-E-R-1. That is the numeral one, mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. We always, it's always great to hear from you via email. We prefer to call uh, you call because we like to hear your voice, but if you want to email us, that is fine. It'll pop up in front of me. Also, uh, I believe the terrible nightmare of last week is over, and uh, we are back online now. So uh, you can listen to us via KALW.org. And, of course, uh, the podcast should be up in a reasonable amount of time after our show today, also at KALW. Dot .org and then many other places, but start with KLW. I'm sure that would be appreciated. Okay, once more, two numbers, area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. So we're going to begin with a uh, round of introductions and then a round of questions. And here's the first, Kira Pace, the aforementioned and her dog, Embly, have differing levels of excitement regarding the impending atmospheric liver. liver, liver. <laughs> well, it's maybe a little we, Yeah, with liver as well. Uh, yeah. Our dog is a fan of, of liver, less so the river, but that's because she goes out in it more. Uh, Lori Fisher is quite happy to announce that he has already broken five of the six resolutions he did not make for 2024. Very proud of myself. And our moderator, Dana Rodriguez, wonders if it was the right choice to trade the family cow for those magic beans. We'll see. I'm going to plant her in the backyard. We'll see what happens. (laughs) And uh, all right, we're going to begin the questioning with Kira Pace. I'm just very excited for Lori to finally get to 100% of zero. So It's, It's been a long climb, but I'm almost there. Yeah. The zero-sum game with Lori. Yeah. Right. So sometimes during the filmmaking process, a working title may be used either because the official title has not yet been decided upon or because filmmakers are intentionally disguising the product or the projects they're working on. I am going to give you some working titles. I want you to tell me the official title under which the film was actually released. So I will also give you the year of release date or yeah so you'll get a release year and a working title 
you tell me the the movie title the the title it was released under. Okay. So these could be deliberately obscure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Right. Yes, they could be. Most of them are not. Right. Um. All right. So I'm going to start with. Uh, 1939, plane number four. That's 1939, plane number four. Um, 1947, personal column. Again, 1947 is personal column. 1954, there's no place like Rome. Again, 1954. There is no place like Rome. Or I like this one. 1958, the Molten Meteor. 1950, yeah, 1958, the Molten Meteor. M-E-T-E-O-R. Um, 1959, Not Tonight, Josephine. That's 1959, Not Tonight, Josephine. Uh, we'll do 1974 head cheese. That's 1974 head cheese. Uh, 1985 the lunch bunch. And 1985 the lunch bunch. And finally, 1990 3000. So 1990, 3000. So quickly, 1939 is plane number four. 1947 is personal column. 1954 is there's no place like Rome. 1958 is the molten meteor. 1959 is not tonight, Josephine. 1974 is head cheese. 1985, the lunch bunch. And 1990 is 3000. And I'm going to add one more question for you. Uh, what was the working title of the 2006 film that was almost officially released as Pacific Air Flight 121? In the end, the working title became the official title. I have a question. The years that you gave us, yes. was that the year the actual film was released or is that the year they were producing the film? That was the year that the film was released. Cast. Okay. I have a couple guesses, Dana. How about you? Go ahead. Well, I'm bad at the year, so I'm going to guess that the Not Tonight, Josephine, is Some Like It Hot. That's correct. Some Like It Hot. 1959, that seemed early. Okay. And my other guess is the Lunch Bunch sounds like it's the Breakfast Club. The Lunch Bunch is indeed the Breakfast Club. Okay. Rest of yours, Dana. Well, I don't know about that. I still, I'm not really sure about plane number four. Uh, the one about Rome, I suspect, just because of the year, is Three Coins in the Fountain. Yes, very nice. Yeah, three Coins in the Fountain. Yeah. And, um, I'm sorry, the one about the plane later, what was the later, the last one you asked about the plane? 3,000? The last yeah. one was three. Oh, I see. Right. Sorry. Uh, what was the working title of the 2006 film that was almost officially released as Pacific Air Flight 121? In the end, the working title became the official title. Is that Snakes on a Plane? Snakes on a Plane. Because oh. Samuel L. Jackson was like, nah, 
we need to keep it snakes on a plane. All right. Uh, and do the do the leftovers just once more, please. Sure. 1939, plane number four. 1947, personal column. 1958, the molten meteor. 1974, head cheese. And 1990, 3000. The personal column, is that gentleman's agreement by any chance? It is not. This is actually, I think personal call is probably the hardest one on the list. And could you see the connection between that title and the film? Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, personal uh, 47. Okay. Is that call Northside 777? Nope. Whoa. It is not. All right. Okay. And, and how about one, one last guess is uh, 3000 Gladiator? Uh, 1990 is a bit early for that. It is not. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Leave those out. And Lori, it's your turn. All right. I'm going to switch first questions because mine overlaps a tiny bit with Gary. So I'll ask it in the second round. My first question is about the five timer club on Saturday Night Live. My question is, there are seven women in the five timer clubs for Saturday Night Live. I want to know who they are. And as a bonus question, this is not a, uh, Women's question. Who's hosted the show the most? I want to know who has hosted Saturday Night Live the most. And there are seven and only seven women in the five timer club. Who are they? You mean what woman has hosted the most or no, overall? I mean what, what human has hosted the most. And then of the women, just which women have hosted five times or more? I think Steve Martin has hosted the most, doesn't he? Not. Uh, then, then it's Alec Baldwin. It is, 17 yeah. times. All right, so give yourself a bell for that one, and let's uh, see which women you can get. Give you two each if you can get them. Candace Bergen and yes. let's do Emma Stone, which I think are first and last. I believe, and, and Candace Bergen was on the show when Emma Stone hosted, yeah. and that is correct. Candace Bergen was the first, Emma Stone the most recent. So two bells for Kira Knapp. Mm-hmm. Tina, what do you got? Uh, Tina Fey. Yep. One and who else? And I just recounted there's six, not seven. We need three more. Huh. All right, leave it out. Let somebody. Okay. So okay. I'm looking for this. We got uh, Candace Bergen, Tina Fey, and Emma Stone. I'm looking for the three other women who have hosted Saturday Night Live five times or more. All right. And uh, let's go to a call. Are you on Minds Ever Matter? Is that me? It is you. Oh, this is Roger in San Francisco. Hi, Roger. Hey, babe. Um, this time I have famous last words. Now, I know that's a suspect category. So let me tell you, I did double-check all these. These are well-accounted. These actually were the last words. So let's say these may not be the last words, but they are famously the last words. So <laughs> I got eight of them. I'll take them in uh, historical order. At sunrise tomorrow, I shall no longer be here. I'm still learning. Excuse me, sir. I didn't mean to do that. I want only death. And the rest of them will all die during my lifetime. And I'm an old guy. Uh, let's see. I love you so much, my dear Beaver. 
certain butterfly is already on the wing? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So long, kid. Hurry back. I'm so bored with it all. And my favorite. I, this could be mine. I've had a wonderful life, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Well, the, the only one I think I sort of know is the I'm so bored with it all. Was that George Sanders? You know, it, it was very similar to George Sanders. <laughs> yes, he said, I'm so bored. No, it was Churchill. Oh, wow. I'm very well tested. Everybody agreed. Yeah, that was the last thing he said. Wow. That's a surprise. <laughs> yes. I'm mad because I do actually know, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And Me I can't too. think. It's a writer, right? Was it a writer? Uh, no, well, no. he did write, but he's not known as a writer. Okay. He's very famous, very, very famous. Yeah. He died. He died about. Uh, he died. No. Well, I don't remember how long. It's not. It's not that long ago. Maybe ten years ago. All right. Well, Joanne from the booth says that I'm still learning is Michelangelo. Correct. Nice. And uh, pardon me, sir. I didn't mean to do it. It might help if I said that this was. What she actually said was, pardonnez-moi, monsieur, je ne l'ai pas fait exprès. Oh, right, because she stepped on the foot of the executioner. That's Marie Antoinette. Correct. Nice. Good job. Um, and I'm still learning what he actually said was, ancora imparo. And it's still Michelangelo, though. <laughs> it continues it to be. Michelangelo. <laughs> continues to have been Michelangelo. Yes. Um, oh, man, I'm so irritated about the oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, because that's the only one I actually do know. And I, and I sort of remember So Long Kid, I'll be back. Yes, yeah, is that is that Humphrey yeah, Bogart? So Long Kid, if you think, okay, let's say uh, that's a So Long Kid and I've Had a Wonderful Life, these are actors. Yeah, that's Humphrey Bogart, So Long Kid, that's right? Bogart, So Long yeah. Kid, I'll be back, yeah. yeah. The yeah. other line attributed to him, which is also good, but I think So Long Kid... But and his wife said that's what he said. Uh, the other line was this: I sh knew I should have stuck with, stayed with Scotch instead of martinis. Hmm. Don't know. The that's, oh wow, oh wow one is that's very recent, isn't it? It is. I, so, is that Steve Jobs? You're right. Oh, great! All right, there you go. And I've had a wonderful life, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, it, it, it sounds, it was Errol Flynn. Oh. Yeah. And a certain butterfly is already on the wing. I was just going to guess Nabokov on account of the butterfly, but I'm sure that's wrong. It is that's Nabokov. Good. Is it really? Oh, oh that's good. amazing. Okay. <laughs> that's excellent. I, I love you very much, my dear beaver. Beaver gives you a clue who this is. He's referring to the love of his life. Right. Who was known as Beaver to him. Hugh, Hugh Beaumont. That's <laughs> right. It was such. That's right. That's right. And the older Darts. one here, at sunrise tomorrow I shall no longer be here. He was famous for predicting things. 
Nostradamus. That's correct. Oh, gee. And, and <laughs> one more, one more. I want only death. Need hint. <laughs> Very famous writer. Uh, Shakespeare. Oh, no. Uh, is it a fatal a writer who has a particular philosophy? No, no, no. It's Jane Austen. Oh, oh, oh wow! <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thank yeah. you. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Okay, bye bye. Bye-bye. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you're enjoying the show. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. I think we have some lines open, so please give us a call. And uh, if you have a question in mind or would like to answer one of ours, or you can email us at mindsovermatter1, that's the numeral one, mindsovermatter1, at gmail.com. All right. Um, and speaking of, of uh, different things, our panel today, that would be Kira Pace, technical editor, Lori Fisher, teacher at Diablo Valley College. I'm your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. And you're listening to us on 91.7 FM. That is K-A-L-W, your local public radio station. Uh, one of our, Karen, one of our listeners sent me an email saying, the KOW website still has this on on Sunday night. So, <laughs> no, we're not on Sunday. So Good Sunday, times. Yeah. Uh, it's homepage to God's ears. Then <laughs> was, was the days. Uh, all right. Let me give you a couple questions here, please. What were the three best-selling novels of the 19th century in, the, in America? What were the three best-selling novels of the 19th century in the United States? So One guess. Huckle, Huckleberry Finn? No. I'm guessing you would need the whole 19th century to amass. So, it's, I don't know. What well, like? I mean, I'll, I'll be square with you about it and say that I don't think... I think the earliest novel on this on this list of three was written in the 1850s. So just yeah. keep it. What about, what about Moby Dick? No, that was, that was a tell. terrible seller when it came out. Yeah. Was it? Not too I, have a, I have a question. Are they all written by Americans or were that was, some British? Yeah. That was before we were required to read it in school. <laughs> um, are, they're are all any... by Americans. Okay. Oh, well, man, what about so the there's... Scarlet Letter? No. So. Okay. How about the last of the Mohicans? No. What are the th- what were the three best-selling novels of 19th century in the United States? Let me take one more. How about how about the Adventures of Tom Sawyer? No. No. Wow. All right. Uh. One, yes. Um. They've all been made into movies numerous times. If that if that is any assistance to you at all, yeah. All right, here's a here's a uh, question I sort of was kicking around last week, and I came up with you know detective shows on TV were very very popular, and I think they I guess they still are. So I'm going to give you the last names of eight detectives. 
and I want you to tell me their first names, which were not always used on the show. <laughs> they were referred to sometimes, but but not a lot. All right, number one, Beretta. Number two, Burke's Law. Number three, Cannon. Number four, Heart to Heart. So I'm looking for the first names of, of both of them. Number five, Ironside. Number six, Mannix. Number seven, McLeod. And number eight, McMillan and Wife. So again, I'm looking for the first names of these uh, title detective TV characters. Number one, Beretta. Number two, Burke's Law. Number three, Cannon. Number four, Heart to Heart. Number five, Ironside. Number six, Mannix. Number seven, McLeod. Number eight, McMillan and Wife. And the first question I asked was, what were the three best-selling novels of 19th century America? Yes. Give you so each other. The only detective that came to mind, I don't think it's right, was Mannix's first name, Steve? No. Ah. Carrie, Carrie, the best. Yeah, these, um, uh, the only one of these shows I've actually seen is Heart to Heart. And I know it's Jessica Hart. And I can't, it's, or Jennifer, Jennifer Hart. Uh, I can't remember. Mm. Robert Wagner's name, though, unfortunately, it's uh, because they they just they mostly just call each other by like affectionate names like dear. So, ah, uh, so Jennifer Hart. That's my only guess. Well, you're right about the Jennifer. All right. Is I I wonder if it's another J name. Just a heart to heart. Like it is another J. Yes. All right. so it's not John. No, it's not no? John. Okay. It's not Jim. It's not James. Oh no, no, it's a, it's a more modern it's like two syllables. Like it's not Justin. Jason. It's uh Jason, that's it, that's it, right? Not nope. Jason? <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. It's not I mean, it is three syllables. Well no, it's not. It's not like Jeremy. It's uh How many uh, syllables? <laughs> Give us we're doing charades here. It's a longer name know. than Justin. Let's put it that. Oh way. no, it's Jonathan. Sorry, it's Jonathan. It is Jonathan. Hart. Okay. Oh, okay. You rejected Jonathan and Jennifer. Hart. Well, they, he's, I don't think she she ever calls him John. I think it's always Jonathan. Maybe. Remember. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm still looking for these detectives' first names. Uh, well, number one, Beretta. Number two, Burke's Law. Number three, Cannon. Uh, number four, Ironside. Number five, Mannix. Number six, McLeod. Number seven, McMillan and Wife. All right. All right. Read that out. And the two numbers to join us, area code 415-841-4134. Or toll free, 866-798-8255. And let's go to a call. You're on Minds Ever Matter. Uh, good morning. Yes, how are you? So I have uh, two questions. The first one about physics and time and flying objects. So what is what is Fermi paradox? Fermi was a great physicist who had that lab in uh, Chicago that really began the whole atomic uh, bomb uh, research and succeeded in doing fission in his lab in Chicago. Okay, so what is the Fermi paradox? 
I don't know. I ask that question before you answer it. Okay. It, it, has, it has something to do with extraterrestrial yes. life. It's just one simple question, one simple answer. You know what was the answer? Where are they? So he's skeptical. He was skeptical. That's what it was. He was. But actually, it's many evidence. They do exist. And I've seen one with my sister when I was young, right? Hoping about, you know, a few hundred uh, feet from our window. Really, they do exist. They do exist. So we have to do some research. But I think the government is definitely suppressing information about that. Okay. How about the other one? Twin paradox. There's also physics question. Twin. Twins product. Paradox. Twin paradox? Yeah. Twin? Twin. Like two, like, you know, two brothers or two sisters, the twins. What is that? That that is connected to the theory of relativity. I'll give you the answer because time is short. I don't like to drag it like some. All right. So the, it is basically when you travel very close to the speed of light, time shrinks for you. So you can go to the next planet and come, the next star and come back. You're in the age, say, a year, but your brother, your twin brother, will have age 100 years. That's what twin paradox is. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. It's beautiful. I spend all my life studying. It's just a beautiful subject. Okay, second question. Again, let's go back to that uh, Semitic language. Well, as I said before, the answer is Arabic, Hebrew, Aramaic, and a few other, Amharic, and so on. So one of the language, uh, of course, Hebrew is Semitic, but how about Yiddish? Is it Semitic or not? Yiddish, which a lot of, you know, Israeli. No, no. It is largely Germanic, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Largely Germanic. But yeah. interesting enough, what letters is it written in? It's written not in just, Hebrew letters, but it no. is... Yeah, it's written in Hebrew letters, but it's, no, but what it's German. No, but specific language? It's, uh, specific, it is Yiddish. No. Believe it or not, it is read, written in Aramaic. See how beautiful languages? We need more education. It is written in Aramaic, which makes sense, makes totally sense. It has something to do with trade in Europe and all that stuff. But this is beautiful. And the more light we put in the whole issue of the Middle East, the more beautiful Middle East will have instead of this. Uh, well, let's go to the What is the largest, largest empire in the world ever existed? Which one? Oh, let's see. Uh, probably the, is it the Mongo Empire? Yes, 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 yes. They extended all the way from China, all the way to Poland and Finland. They were very big. And something unique about them, they were really savage. I mean, wherever city they went, they killed all men, just killed them. They had, you know, sex with all women, as many women as they can, and they slaved all the babies. So, you know, I'm not happy at all what's happening in the Middle East right now. And we need civilization back. And again, everybody, please sing with me. Imagine there's no, uh, you know, country. The great John, John Lennon. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Please listen to it today. Thank you again. Always a great show. Thank you. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call uh, with a question or answer, those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free, 866-798-8255. And Kira, I think it is your turn. All right. Um, 
Yeah, let's see what time it is. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Uh, the 10 shortest feature films to receive an Oscar nomination for Best Picture were all released from 1928 to 1942. What were they? When you say received an opera, opera excuse me, a uh, Academy Award nomination for Best no. Picture. Yeah, the Oscar nomination for Best Picture. These are all Best Picture nominees, and all of them clocked in at under 90 minutes. The shortest one I know during that time is that was nominated is She Done Him Wrong. Yeah, that is number one. She Done Uh, Him Wrong, 66 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Did any of them win? I don't believe so. No. Uh, Yeah, no. All right. And yeah, I had to think about the rest. But, Me too. uh, huh. Okay. And, uh, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hi, it's Tom in Southern California. Hi, Tom. How's it going? Tom. Good. Uh, let's see. Um, the 10 shortest dead. I didn't realize it was going to be on so quick. I didn't have anything ready. Um, okay, fine. Uh, what's the difference between a ship and a boat? Lifeboats? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good, but pretty close, I think. Yeah, a ship can carry a boat, but a boat can't carry a ship. All right. Does that make sense? All right. <laughs> I don't know if that clears it up completely, but fair enough. Oh no! And if a ship, if a boat is big enough to carry another boat, then it's a ship. So it's yeah. it's a size thing. Does that make sense? No? Yes. I, I don't know. It made sense to me. If it's too early in the morning. What are you people doing <laughs> really? so early? At um, seven p.m. That would okay. have made sense. <laughs> okay, and I didn't get this one ready, but I'll do. I'll confluence. Can you tell me what city uh, town is at the confluence of the Potomac and the Susquehanna rivers? The Potomac and the Susquehanna. Yeah. What river? No, what city? No, no, what city? no what, what town? City what town? I shouldn't say city, but town, I guess. So it's between Pittsburgh and Washington? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, now I'm thinking maybe I didn't get the river right. Oh, this is horrible. No, that's right. Yeah. If it's just a town, uh, I'm I'm gonna tap out. Uh, yeah, is it is it in Maryland or is it in Pennsylvania or neither? Uh, it is in neither. Okay. New Jersey uh, National Historic Site. Hmm. Uh, huh. Mount Vernon. No, it has to do with uh, a crossing. Think about the uh, a river crossing. Oh, Washington uh, crossing the Delaware. Um, uh no, no, uh, nope. no. It's Harper's Ferry. I'll just give it to you. Oh, okay. Nice. Anyway, sorry, I don't have great questions this week, and I've absolutely no answers. So I'll just bid you adieu and happy new year. Thanks. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye bye. And uh, email wise, I should say. 
Uh, Chris is wondering if it's Pete Mannix, not Pete Mannix, or Tony Beretta. It is Tony. Actually, it's oh, Anthony, nice. but Tony's Tony counts. That's that's fine. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Yes, Paul is wondering if it's Joe Mannix, and Joe Mannix is correct. Very good. Good work. Good job on that. Yes, Joe Joe Mannix, who gets beat up every week on that show. <laughs> and uh, yes, okay. Just to remind you again, if you'd like to give us a call, 415-841-4134, or toll-free, 866-798-8255. And we are about halfway through the show, so let's repeat any questions that have not been answered yet. And... Kira, you don't have to repeat the last one necessarily. Well, if you want to, go ahead. But, uh, but yeah. All right. Uh, well, I've given you some working titles and years of release. I want you to tell me the official title under which the film was actually released. The ones we have left are, from 1939, Plane Number 4. From 1947, Personal Column. From 1958, The Molten Meteor. From 1974, Head Cheese. And from 1990, 3000. Also, uh, I, I'm just asking for the 10 shortest feature films to receive Oscar nominations for Best Picture. They were all released between 1928 and 1942. So far, Dana gave us the shortest one at 66 minutes. That was She Done Him Wrong. Yeah. And I am looking for- oh. No, no, I'm just saying there are a lot of films to choose from here because uh, you said they were just nominated. So. Uh- are they, can you, is there a genre or maybe, maybe you just I tell you what, I'll give you a star of each. So of the right. nine rela- remaining, uh, we have 1942, Henry Fonda, 1938, Maurice Chevalier, 1934, Loretta Young, 1932, Marlena Dietrich. 1937, Deanna Durbin. 1930 is Norma Shearer. 1934 is Grace Moore. 1928 is Thomas Meehan. And 1936 is, uh, Binnie Barnes. We'll say. Binnie Barnes. Yeah. Also Deanna Durbin. Oh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, right. That's the, her, three girls. There, you're, you got two thirds of the way there. Yeah, um, it's not a hundred men and a girl because that was that was nominated, but uh, for, yes, it was in 1937 to 84 minutes. So that's not the Benny Barnes one, but that is the first of the Deanna Durbin's uh, 100 men and a girl. Three smart girls. That's three the smart one. girls is the other Deanna Durbin, correct? Also, Ooh. 84 minutes. That was 1936. All right. Okay. Um, my outstanding okay. question is about. Five-time host for Saturday Night Live. I was looking for the six women who have hosted five times or more. We have Candace Bergen, Tina Fey, and Emma Stone. Three more to go. I think Melissa McCarthy was one. Yep, she is. Very good. Uh, We're looking for two more now. And that's all I have right now. All right. And I have uh, a list of the three best-selling novels of 19th century America, all made into films numerous times. One is a romance. One is a sort of a social, oh. uh, social book uh, about social conditions, and one is uh, takes place a long time ago. Is one of them Wuthering Heights? Then no. Mm-mm. Oh, I think he said they're all American. 
right? Uh, they, uh, yes, I believe they're they're all American authors. Yeah. Uh, yes, they are. And, and the last clue was one was about a time, a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I have, I gave you uh, TV detectives. I want their first names that we have left. Let's see. Burke's Law, uh, Cannon, Ironside, McLeod, and McMillan and Wife. What are their, what are their first names? Okay. I, have a, I have a guess on the long time ago, but I thought it was 20th century. Yeah, ben Hur? Is that right? Ben Hur, yes. All right. Yes. When I said a long time ago, I was implying it took place a long time ago. No, I know. I know. No, I, I, I had it placed in the 20th century, but I'm glad I guessed. Oh, no, no. It was written in the, was written in the late 19th century. Yeah. Great. Okay. General Lou Wallace, who was a right. Union general, who was the, uh, who was the military governor of New Mexico, uh, and uh, was the one responsible for signing the death warrant for Billy the Kid, too. There you go. And, okay. Um, Mark is wondering if 3,000 was the script for Pretty Woman. $3,000 is how much it costs to spend a night with Vivian. Mark is correct. Good job on it. Good work. And uh, Rita was wondering if Amy Poehler was a five-timer. No, she has not hosted five times yet. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Good morning, Tom and Debbie in Napa. Good morning. And uh, today joined by our son, Henry. (laughs) <laughs> welcome, and, welcome, Henry. In, in honor of Henry, I'm, he has a question. Uh, this pertains to Billy Joel, who's been featured in many movies, but in every case but one, he is playing Billy Joel. There is one movie that he's a part of uh, that they're using him, but not as the character of Billy Joel. Can you tell me what that film is? So this is a regular feature film released to theaters. It sure was. Was he in Spinal Tap, maybe? Or this is Spinal Tap? No. It was It was a while ago. It was in 1988. Was it a... So it was a musical. Uh, it was an animated movie. Oh, my. <laughs> to Billy Billy Joel's in an animated movie, or his voices? Is that it? Yes, that the latter. What you just said is the key. He, so he did the music for it. Is uh, is that? Can I assume that or no? Not? They actually. He apparently just did the voice part. Uh, was he in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, it was nominated for a Golden Globe. That probably isn't much additional help. What? What? Was it? Um, I think maybe, well, I'm not sure. Uh, they had one that was an animated around that time. There was an animated version of Oliver Twist. You got it. It's called Oliver oh. and Company. <laughs> I'm <know>. impressed. <laughs> All right. Go. In a very <laughs> different vein. Um, why is uh, why is a Bluetooth called a Bluetooth? And more to the point, who is it named after? 
the, the, the popular common electronic device today, the Bluetooth, is actually named after a person. Yeah, King of Norway, Harold, Harold, uh, he's known as Bluetooth. Yep. Yeah. But, but basically, he was a, a Danish Viking king from the 10th century yes. who was a unifier of feuding fiefs and tribes. And uh, they chose him for the Bluetooth. Anyway, love the show and talk to you next week. Thank you. Oh, Appreciate it. Two quick guesses. Um, yeah. uh, Gilda Radner for SNL? No, she did not host five times. I'm not sure if she hosted at all, but not five times. She did host, okay. but, but I don't okay. know. And the Scarlet Letter for one of those five? Not the Scarlet Letter. Not the Scarlet Letter. All righty. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here. Excuse me, we're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to give us a call. Area code 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. And, uh, let's see, Lori, I think it's your, <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I'll ask a shortish question here. Uh, it's about the TV series Seinfeld, of course. And I think I knew this, but then I read it explicitly true. The very first scene of the very first episode of Seinfeld has a conversation that's replicated in the very last scene of Seinfeld in the concluding episode. It's the last conversation that they have. What were they talking about? So they rounded off the series with a reference back to the very first and an inane conversation, a very Seinfeld-esque conversation. What were they talking about? So, like shirt buttons or something like that. It's exactly right. The yeah. placement of the second button on a men's shirt—a big discussion about whether that made all the difference or not. Absolute mark. Right, let me give you another one then. Um, not oh, I read. I was hearing a, a interview about uh, the Smothers Brothers. Tommy Smothers died, and this was just an odd little fact. The show was canceled with much controversy in 1969. And then was immediately re- replaced by what other variety show? Yeah, it was uh, was it Hee Haw? Yes, very yeah. good. It was Hee Haw. But you're not going to be out. All right, uh, let me give you one more then, and then, then I'll pause on the on the um, questions. I watched on TCM. They had O Henry's Full House, which was the they made uh, five, four or five O Henry stories into little dramas. Here, the movie was introduced by an author who talked about. Oh, Henry, what author appeared first on the screen to introduce these stories? It was John Steinbeck. Very good. All right. Got those three. Very good. All right. I have more, but Dana, you take over. Okay. And uh, Joel, and he's not the only one wondering, uh, Zach and Ellen were all wondering if one of the best-selling novels of the 19th century was Uncle Tom's Cabin. And, of course, that is true. Nice. Uncle Tom's Cabin is one, and Ben Hur is another one, and there's one left, which is the hardest. It is a romance, um, and we'll, I'll see if anybody gets that. Was it written by a man? I believe it was written by a woman, actually. Oh, you believe? Not- and Kira, would you, if if it's not too much trouble, would you uh, go over the stars of those films once more? Yes. These are, again, 
shortest films to receive Oscar nomination for Best Picture. Uh, the ones we have left from 1942, Henry Fonda from 1932, Maurice Chevalier from 1934, Loretta Young from 1932, Marlena Dietrich. Sorry, from 1930, Norma Shearer, from 1934, Grace Moore, and from 1928, Thomas Meehan. I am assuming it's Meehan. It's spelled M-E-I-G-A-N. It is Meehan, yeah. Thomas Meehan. I think he was only in one film that was ever nominated. Is that The Racket? It is The Racket. And the 32 with Marlena Dietrich, is that the Shanghai Express? It is Shanghai Express. And then... What's the Henry Fonda in 42? The Henry Fonda in 42. Is that the Oxbow incident? Yep. Oh. All right. And that one clocked in at 75 minutes. The longest on here, there are five on here that were 84 minutes, and those are the longest. I think the Oxbow incident is actually... Oh, all right. You, you're, you're talking about the, the year they came out because it was in the Oscars. Yeah, it's like 40, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's fine. And let's see. All right. Let me give you a quick question here. Um, what was the only Walt Disney film nominated for Best Picture during his lifetime? Fantasia? No. Snow White? No. Hmm. What was the only Disney film nominated for Best Picture during his lifetime? Was it animated? I think I'm going to say. Oh, well, I mean, oh, wait, is for Best Picture? Would it be Mary Poppins? It would be Mary Poppins, okay. yes. Yeah. 1964. Very good. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hey, uh, it's KDF calling in from uh, Allendale Park in Oakland. Uh, the Loretta Young, is that with uh, Spencer Tracy? Is that... Uh, Something about man's castle. It is not. That is, that is a good guess, but um, no. Okay, oh, thanks. Already okay. young. Oh, 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 oh. Interesting. Already young. What could that be? I'm with you on this. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it looks like. Um, what year was that? Uh, a Man's Castle, I just looked, is 1933. This is from 1934, so I, I think it's probably just her next film. So uh, I'm, I'll help our caller. I think if it's 1934, it's House of, House of Rothschild? No. Oh, it's not. Oh, okay. She was in that. And that was nominated for Best Picture. Um, okay. All right. I have to keep thinking then. Are you still there, caller? Yes, I just said she was so wonderful. <laughs> she was uh, very beautiful, too, may I add. She photographed beautifully. Uh, anything else? Can we help you? Anything else you were curious well, about? If, I'll give you a clue, then. She photographed beautifully as Florence Nightingale. Uh, she did not play Florence Nightingale. I, I can oh, say I that. It said, I'm sorry, I thought it did. Uh... No. Oh no! Dedicated to the memory of. There we oh. go. Huh? Was she, was she a nurse? Is that it? Ner- yes. Per the per the movie, still, I would guess. Yeah. The... Oh, and she studies. 
Okay. She played a nurse. Okay. How about the white parade then? That's it. All right. Oh, oh well. Don't Good. know it. So, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. the call. Thanks yeah, for thanks being for calling patient with me. And, uh, okay. Let's see. What do we have left here? We got 12 minutes left. Give us a quick call. We would love to hear from you. 415 841 841 4134, area code 415. We're toll free 866 798 8255. And, okay, uh, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Nostradamus predicted this joke. He also predicted you wouldn't find it funny. Anyway. He's right. Right on both. This is Peter calling from the Eastern Time Zone. By the way, Tallahassee is in the Eastern Time Zone. And in the panhandle there of Florida, Pensacola is in the Central Time Zone. Now, heading south, what two bordering countries are also like that? One is in Eastern Time Zone, one is in the Western Time, or the Central Time Zone. What are the first two countries you come across? Brazil? No. No. Uh, wait, due south from, let's see. Pensacola, from the Panhandle. Yeah. I don't know. From the Panhandle, I don't know that you're going to run into islands. So what about, uh, it's probably too far south. How about Panama? You know, you're right. I, I skipped over the islands. You're right. Panama is in the eastern time zone, but Costa Rica is in the central time zone, by the way. Just, mm-hmm. just letting you know, because you know how it bends around there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, you know, I was going to say, I was going to, Dennis McLeod. No, not Dennis. You know, Dennis I Weaver's only did it on a hunch because his name was yeah. Dennis Weaver, the actor. And there was a thing going on there on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mary Tyler Moore played Mary Richards, Mary Mary. And on the same show, Ted Knight played Ted Baxter. It was a little fad going on of using the person's real first name, the actor's first name. Mm-hmm. Bob Newhart yeah, did that too. Yeah, yeah that could be a, a, on a future show. So what yeah. comes to mind when I say MLKJ? Martin Luther King Jr. So I look forward to finding out what it's not. That's right. MLKJ. What else do you notice about those letters? Uh, They are all in a row, albeit out of order. (laughs) You're right. They are sequential in the reverse alphabet. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so let let the next caller in save me. Okay, take (laughs) care. All right. Thank you very much. Um, the roles of Tony Danza are going to blow his mind when he finds out about them. <laughs> Tony's? Tony's there, all the way down. There are a lot of Tony's, yeah. <laughs> I, I do like that. Tony's all the way down indeed. <laughs> we That's had an uh, email from CM who is wondering the working title. Uh, one, one was Molten Meteor. Was that, was that right? Was, was that yeah. one of the working titles? Uh-huh. Is that the blob? He was wondering if it's the blob. Who is that? Uh, CM. CM is absolutely correct. The Molten Meteor was the working title for the blob. Blob. Which I think is hilarious. That's great. Molten Meteor seems like an okay title. Yeah. 
use that. Well, yeah, for the blob, sure. And Nancy was wondering if uh, Jane Curtin was ever a five-time host. She was not a five-timer. I, I think she probably Gilda hosted, but she did not make it to five times. Went on All to right. other things. Okay. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hey, it's the Happy Albanians, Danny and Sandra. Hi, how are you? Well, we're Hello. good. Happy New Year to Happy everybody. All right, so we Thank got you. sniped on a couple. Uncle Tom's cabin. Uh, so uh, I think uh, Ironstein's first da- name is Robert. That is correct, Robert. I, I, I'm willing to bet the canon is also Robert. Is that true? No, not not Robert. Okay. Uh, so let's see here. We have uh, uh, three uh, guesses for the uh, uh, female hosts of Saturday Night Live. Um, Drew Barrymore. Yes, Drew Barrymore is down the list. Great. Yay. Okay, well, that was Sandra's. Uh, how about Betty White? No. She, just, she was one and done. She barely what? got that one. Like, yeah. it took a petition to get her that one. She might have yeah, been the right. oldest. But but she, she left such a strong memory. I'm sorry. I, uh, oh, she was great. Yeah. Not Whoopi. Oh, poo. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that, that, that's it for the, for the guests. Yeah. Um, so we, we got a little, uh, Vladimir Nabokov got a shout out earlier in the show. Um, so well, what do, uh, Nabokov, uh, what does Nabokov have in common with Joseph Conrad and Ayn Rand? Uh, wrote in English, not born in an English speaking country. Absolutely no, right. Well, none of them spoke English as children. Exactly. And they ended up Give being. Yourself a bell, Kira. Yes, that's a bell, man. <laughs> Woo! That's all right. that, That's all we. That's all we got. Back to you guys. Have a lovely day, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Good work. And uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What is it? My, oh, I think I just coughed. Oh. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I did. I, I get a bell for that too. Yeah. I nailed it. Good job on that. Thank you. Uh, so, 415-841-4134 or uh, toll-free 866-798-8255. Okay, let's see. What do we have any out, big, big outstanding stuff? How many do uh, you have left on your on your film list now, Kira? Which one? Short films or working titles? The short films. Uh, only three. Or the working titles. Okay, well, yeah. we'll do we'll do the short films because I actually did this for you. Uh, so, the, what, 1932, Maurice Chevalier. It's one hour with you, probably. That right? is one hour with you. Right. Um, uh, 1930, Norma Shearer. That's the divorcee, probably. It is the divorcee. And 1934, Grace Moore. One night of love. There we go. And that's that's all of them done. Okay, good. Dana ran the board. Nice work. Well, it helped when she told me who the star was. Put it that way. And, uh, okay, let's see. Let's get in another call. Oh, Paul. Paul is wondering if it's Sam McLeod, and that is correct. It is Sam McLeod. Yes, good job on that. Uh, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hey, it's Bill and Melissa in El Cerrito. Hi. Um, quick couple of quick uh, guesses on Betsy Kira on the working time. Uh, yeah. Plane number four, is that Lost Horizon? It is not. I can tell you that it stars Cary Grant. All right. Okay. And Head Cheese, is 
that Animal House? Oh, that's a good guess. Uh, it is not. Okay. Is Head um, Cheese kind of a, a, a weird uh, psychedelic film anyway? Weird, yes. Psychedelic, no. This is, uh, this is gore. Oh, gore. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. That's 74 it. gore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I... I don't know if I, I I'll, I'll skip on my question because I think it's getting close to cleanup time. But happy New Year anyway. Thank you, thank you. I'm sorry. We, I hope we didn't keep you from doing your question. Uh, call back Not next week with that. All right. Hey, Kira, okay. give us an actor hint for a personal column and head cheese. A personal column would be Lucille Ball and George Sanders. Uh, head cheese. It was. Uh, it is a classic, gory horror film. So, first, Lucille Ball and George Sanders. That must be lured. That's correct. And the plane number four with Cary Grant is that only angels have wings? That is also oh, correct. So all I have left wrapping up is head cheese, and that is Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas. All right. That's it. I'm out. Okay. Lori, what do you got? I just have the one remaining SNL five-timer woman host. Anybody got one final guess? No, it's going to be 21st century, though, right? It's somebody somebody who met her husband while hosting the show. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. That's it. Scarlett Johansson, who's married to Colin Jost. And that's all I have. Very good. All right. Great work. The the three best-selling novels in 19th century America, Uncle Tom's Cabin, Ben-Hur, and the romance of Ramona. Ramona, it's the romance of a uh, uh, mixed-race Scottish uh, Native American girl. And let's see, the where am I here? Oh, yes, detectives first names, Tony Beretta, Amos Burke from Burke's Law, Frank Cannon, Jonathan and Jennifer Hart, Robert Ironside, Joe Mannix, Sam McLeod, and Stuart McMillan. I didn't write down his wife's name, but Stuart McMillan. Anyway, it's, it's Stuart do. McMillan and wife. Yes, yeah, Stuart McMillan and wife. Yeah. Mrs. McMillan. So, I, again, if we can get to your call, I do apologize. Please remember that Minds Over Matter is here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We love hearing from you. Feel free to email us with a comment or a question. And um, tonight, our panel, or this morning, our panel, uh, that would be Kira Pace, technical editor, uh, Lori Fisher, teacher at Dabble Valley College. I've been your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. Thanks to Thanks to uh, Joanne Marr for handling the board and phones. And above all, our thanks to you for taking the time to tune in and call. And have a great week, everybody. Please join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. Take care. Bye-bye. Peter Thompson, inviting you to join me and the other great producer hosts of Bluegrass Signal this afternoon from 4 to 5.30 for the best in bluegrass and old-time music here on KALW, San Francisco Bay Area.